I have had so many requests for this podcast and the amazing Dr. Kirsty Seawood joins us today for this deep dive into breast implant, breast explant and breast implant illness. This is a whopping episode where we talk through her explant journey, my explant journey, our experiences with body image, um, the before, the symptoms, the works. Like this is a whole deep dive. Like I think it's a 90 minute episode into all things that should be considered, that are considered and that we didn't know about getting implants and of course getting them removed. And we hope that in the spirit of us sharing our stories, it gives you more information and empowers you to get to know your body and get curious with how you're showing up, how your body feels. And of course, the confidence to ask the questions around whether or not something feels right for you in your body or whether or not, you know, something feels off and perhaps you've gone to seek support for that and you perhaps were discouraged in some way, shape or form, which is quite often the case. Please trust yourself. Please back yourself. And I hope that you enjoy this conversation between Kirsty and I. And if it does ring some bells and it does give you some aha moments, I would love for you to comment or share Um, this conversation between two women who went through a similar but very different journey with breast explant surgery. Dr. Kirsty Seawood, welcome to the podcast yet again. You're a return guest. Thanks for being here. Hey, Katie. Thanks for having me again. I'm really excited for this one today, and it's so good to chat to you again. I'll take any chance to chat with you. But Not that I we don't chat outside of this, that. I guess. We chat a fair <laughs> bit, which is why this is going to be quite funny, because like we're letting people into our conversations, um, which are random at best. But what exactly is your title? Because I was just trying to say it and I couldn't. And I was like, let's just press record because you're a doctor, but you're also like, well, you just say you, you've got. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah. So I have um, a degree in nutrition and dietetics. So I am a dietitian. So for the past um, eight or nine years, but I also have a doctorate in behavioral science. So I basically understand what it takes to change behaviors um, and all the support required and how, how to support clients to make behavior change, to make positive behavior changes. So yeah, I don't know if that, I don't know if that really explains it. Um, it so does. Oh. And just no big deal. Just a doctorate and <laughs> like a full nutritional degree, like you're in nutri- Okay. Yeah. It's not even a big deal at all. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah, they complement each other really well, um, the nutrition background and then obviously my um, doctorate in the behaviour change because there's so many um, mechanisms to changing behaviours. Like it's more so than just giving someone advice or guidelines. You really un- want to understand them as a person, their environment and what goes on to really enable that behaviour change to happen. Now, I love that. And speaking of big changes, which is what mm-hmm. has brought us to this podcast today, it is International Women's Day at the point of recording this, uh, 2021. It is also Breast Implant Awareness Month. And uh, correct me if I'm sorry, I'm saying this right again, Breast Implant Illness Awareness Day as well. Yes. It's huge this month and today is huge. It's a full calendar. It is. It's very, very busy. (laughs) So busy. All for for positive reasons, all for good awareness. Great awareness. I was like, oh my God, what am I? Because obviously we want to acknowledge all the things. I'm like, there is a lot happening. But we we are here to have this conversation about, about, I'm going to get tongue tied a lot, about breast implant illness because you have just undergone. It's like eight weeks now, nine weeks. It's two months exactly today. So I had my explant on the 8th of January. So I'm just baffled that it fell on this day as well. Crazy. Um, yeah, everything's lining up. 
So I have been, like, we've been talking a lot in the lead up, obviously. I'm Mm. two and a half years post-explant. And for those who aren't familiar with what we're talking about, we're talking about breast implants being removed from our body. Um, Both of us had them removed for different reasons. I had mine removed, well, mine ruptured, but Kirsty actually was suffering breast implant illness amongst many reasons. Can you talk us through, Kirst, when like the whole, your, your breast implant, explant, like what started mm. um, you, yeah. realize, like when did you get your implants and what was the process for starting to realize that these, you know, these do- toxic domes of chemicals yeah. come out? Yeah, it's been a massive, um, a massive journey. Um, you would know, Katie, as you've been a massive supporter, as we'll talk about throughout the podcast, no doubt. Um, well, I got I got my implants, it'd be just under five years now, um, when I was 25. So, um, and I got them in Bondi by a really well-renowned surgeon. And to be honest, I loved them when I first got them. And I thought at the, like at the time, that was the decision I made. And I was happy. I was really happy with them. Um And then it would have been, it was over the last 12 months for me. So probably the beginning of 2020 all the way through 2020, where I just had all these symptoms that weren't making sense. Um, So for the, you know me, Katie, um, I'm a very busy person. Uh, So I was um, doing a, running a business. So I've had my business for eight years now, running a business, lecturing at the university, finishing off my PhD, um, maintaining a social life, um, trying to find some me time in there. So I was always quite busy and I thought that um, things like my chronic like chronic fatigue, tiredness, um, brain fog, and that would just, I just kept putting it back down to stress. You did have a lot on your plate. I thought it just, <laughs> I did. yeah, but yeah, there's more, <laughs> there's more. Yeah. Yeah. So I just gradually kept getting um, more and more unwell. So I had some repeat viral infections. Like I got shingles, for example, in June last year, which didn't make sense to me because I'd always been quite healthy. Um, My thyroid antibodies kept going, getting higher, which was really, again, a bit of a red flag for me because I'd never had something like that happen before. Um, I was always really active for years, like I've always been quite active, like training once or twice a day at one point. Um, And I just wasn't, my body wasn't recovering from training. I had to drop my training down to maximum three days a week towards the end of last year. Um, I was going to bed and my joints were aching. I was like, I would be training and I'd get muscle fatigue. It'd be like my muscles just couldn't handle it anymore. Um, Gosh, what else? I had a few other things going on. Hair loss was a big one as well, like my hairline. It was like I was losing hair all the time. Yeah, it was a bit crazy. And all these symptoms that just I kept putting down to stress. But I had a friend, you were one one friend that had been through an explant, but another friend that had had breast implant illness probably 18 months prior to me. And when I started to tell her about my symptoms, she flagged it. Um, And I originally was a little bit naive and thought, surely that's not me. Like, I'm just busy. I'm, I'm busy. I'm trying to do all these things and have a social life and have me time. And surely like after that, 2020 was stressful for everyone, right? Um, with COVID. Yeah. Um, but then the more and more I looked into it, it just, I was like, these are all my symptoms. And I reached out to a few more women that I had got in contact with through a Facebook group that had breast implant illness and I looked more and more closely into it and I worked with my naturopath as well. And my GP was actually quite supportive at doing some tests and looking into it. And I guess one day it was like my intuition told me that um, something something wasn't right with my implants. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, like people yeah. don't discount that feeling within your body that or anything with anything it's like it doesn't need to make sense people around you don't need to agree but if you have a feeling explore it yeah and it's it's because I literally woke up one day and I remember going to the gym and I said to my trainer I think I want my implants out and this was kind of before I, I was at this point I was investigating breast implant illness but it was before I'd made the decision that or put two and two together that 
it was likely that's what I was going through. Um, and I didn't even have a proper reason why I was just like, I think I want to get them out. Like, it's just my body for some reason just didn't feel like they were me anymore. Um, or that it was like, it was just telling me something was wrong. Right. Mm. Crazy. Okay. So you had all of those symptoms. Then what was the, I'm glad that you had a GP who was receptive to doing tests because I know a lot of women who, um, like breast implant illness, it gets such a mixed bag of reviews. Like some people, some medical professionals are like, 100% this is a thing. And other people are like, nah, it doesn't exist. It's all in your head, which is just so ridiculous. But, you know, you can't, not everyone has to agree with you. It's what's going on in your body that matters. So what was the steps from there when you realized that, yeah, these are going to come out. It may very well be these things. Did you then make an appointment with the surgeon on your own bat or did you go to the doctor and make an appointment or? Yeah. Yeah. You're so right. There is such a divide with breast implant illness because it's not yet recognized as an actual condition. And I guess because so many of the symptoms like brain fog, chronic fatigue, um, are all symptoms just like that could be stress related as well. So it's a cluster of symptoms that, and there is about 50 different symptoms, probably more. And women get different ones. Like I'm yet to meet a woman or talk to someone that's had exactly the same experience to, to each other, but all quite very similar symptoms as well. Um, So my GP was um, supportive. He hundred percent said there isn't like strong evidence for it, but there is, um, there is some anecdotal, like, how do you say, what's the word? Um, (laughs) Anecdotal. That's the word. That's the word. Um, Evidence and like that some women do improve when they get them out. So, and then I spoke to my naturopath as well. She was a big part in this, in um, talking me through this. And I remember the last time I went to see her before I went and saw surgeons and I raced it with her and she was, and she said, yeah, I've had a couple of women as well that have been through similar things and have felt better. Um, But again, we, we did agree that the evidence wasn't strongly there. Um, so I got a referral from my GP, just a, a blanket, like I guess a general referral, just listing all my symptoms that had been happening over the 12 to 18 months. Mm-hmm. And I did actually go, I booked in with two surgeons. So to get an explant is pretty much the same process as getting an implants. Yep. Um, you search some surgeons like, I started off with just Googling surgeons in my local area. Um, But also through the Facebook group that I joined, there was a list of recommended surgeons in explants um, because we might talk about this in detail soon. There's an actual proper process for removing them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I found a couple of surgeons and I started calling them. Um, And again, the same as when you get implants, the wait lists are usually (laughs) like you're looking at three to six months to get into surgeons. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was... I call, I have, I reckon I called at least 10, um, wow. in Newcastle, Newcastle, Sydney, um, central coast, like just trying to get in. I even tried to book in with my original surgeon in Bondi. Yep. Um, so I was lucky enough and got two appointments with two surgeons within the next couple of weeks. So this was towards the end of last year. Um, mm-hmm. when I expressed, when I expressed to them that, you know, I think I am, I'm well with breast implant illness and I want to see someone ASAP. Um, and then that's just like the same process. You go, you pay for the consult um, and then you go and see the surgeons and you talk about what the procedure is or the outcome for you. This one was a bit different <laughs> though to getting implants because um, again, when, like you just said before, not all health professionals believe in breast implant illness and because we're all, I suppose, educated and and educated around having evidence for things and there's not yet that evidence pool there um so the conversations going to get implants is very different to the conversations about getting an explant um yeah it's like uh, yeah and i actually walked out of the first consult with the surgeon and i bawled my eyes out i rang my best friend and just bawled my eyes out um because i guess it was the first time I'd really learned the extent of what it was to get them out. Um, like it's not a good time. 
No, no. And I think it's also, I've had this reflection and I think we've spoken about this too, Katie, that going and getting implants is these days is seen as like a simple procedure. It's like, yeah, go get, go get a boob job. Like it's done. It's quick. It's easy. It's actually major surgery. Like, yeah. Yeah. So putting huge (laughs) weighted 30 plus like chemicals, right. Whether or not you Mm. believe they're toxic or not, there's still 30 plus, depending on whether you go silicon, saline, whatever, yeah. on top of your vital organ that also to get them in there needs to cut through tissues, nerves, yeah. Yeah. muscles to create a capsule that you then insert this. Then you've got like an implant. Then there's all the stitches and everything to go over yeah. it, muscle rehab and whatever. Also, depending on the placement of it, whether you are able to like to move like the, you know, all of your milk ducts and everything like that. Like there's lots to it, but it's like, Oh, I can just go get a boob job. And people are like $5,000 boob jobs, $10,000 boob, like whatever, $6,000 boob jobs. And it's like same day, like one day procedure, like in and out. It's seen as it's now it's been sold to us as being something that's really easy to do. I know I didn't ask. I I researched two years before I went and got mine in. I got mine in when I was 27 and I'd had them in for 10 years. Um, Actually, it was over. Yeah. Yeah. Over 10 years, just over 10 years. And it, I was not, and I didn't have the voice that I do now. I went in thinking I was yeah. getting like a nice small C cup, a full C, no, a small C I asked for. And I came out a double D because the surgeon thought that would be, look better symmetrically. And I gave him permission to do that. Like I gave him permission yeah. to make the call when I was under based on what he thought, because we were looking at a few different options. But I, you know, but I didn't. I had the same thing. Yeah. So my surgeon took in three sizes and he chose the largest size when I was under as well. So I came out with a 10 double D for 10 E. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, that's fine. That's what we signed up for. However. Yeah. Yeah. It's like afterwards now being the woman that I am with my voice that I have, would we be okay with going, like you just wouldn't leave that much in the hands of someone else. I don't think. Like. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, you're so right. Like getting implants is just seen as like, Oh, it's a day procedure. You go in, you come out the same day. It's, it's easy. It's, but it's actually, yeah, it's quite major surgery. Like when you think about it, like um, sewing implants to your pec muscles and then making an incision to insert something into your body and, and move things around. Like you've got different placements, like is it under or over the muscle? Is it dual plane? Which means it wraps around the muscle. Um, so, so many different things. Um, but when I went for the explant surgeries, it was a whole different level again. <laughs> um, the process to remove them um, and unstitch them from your muscle and remove them from a lot of the time when you have when you have implants sitting on your chest, like you said, they actually attach to your ribs. So it's the surgeon having to remove the implant now from attaching to your ribs as well. So it's a much more... Um, I'm going to say intense surgery and it scared me. Uh, and, and I, and I walked out of that first consult learning about the actual process of getting them out and I bawled my eyes out. And I think it was a mix of, yeah, I was actually scared to, um, I am unwell. Like it actually hit me then that I, I think I, okay, I definitely am unwell with them. And three, the guilt of like, what the hell did I do? Um, yes. why, like, why did I do that? There's um, so much shame that comes along. Yeah. It's not necessary. Like we need to go yeah. into ourselves. However, it's a very real feeling and process. Yeah. And now being two and a half years on, it's I've I've made peace with that. But I, I do remember feeling really ashamed, yeah. really guilty, and really sad for the girl that I was who believed that she wasn't enough to get need these implants now i have some friends who love their implants right they love them me too yeah absolutely and they look amazing with them and they have never had an issue with them and they rock them it's part of their persona yeah 
they are and I am like fully down and I like they look amazing and anything like I'm not against plastic surgery or any sort of um cosmetic procedure or enhancer or anything if it makes you feel good then I'm the same like I'm all about it like we get our hair done we get our nails done sometimes it's like I'm all for that however what I really want to encourage and hopefully through this podcast and we'll keep having these conversations is to get curious with why we want to do the thing about anything to do with changing our appearance or changing anything so that we can, you know, see if that actually holds up. Is this coming from, or is this choice or is this decision coming from a place of love or excitement or is it coming from a place of lack a place of low self-esteem or a place of you know diminished self-worth before doing the thing and then also what do we actually hope to achieve by getting like doing x y and z like are you doing this like how do you expect to feel i think all of these things are really important and you mentioned that you loved yours yeah like you loved your boobs when you got them done yeah like yeah i I did i loved them they um a reason that i originally got them was my boobs were uh, quite asymmetrical not quite asymmetrical but they were like a half to a cup size different Mm-hmm. um at some stages obviously our breast tissue fluctuates at different times of our cycle um but yeah I and I did I did love them they were big um but I like I did enjoy them for that period of my life yeah that's awesome I didn't yeah I didn't <laughs> love mine I think there were moments where I absolutely appreciated the attention that my well, it was my fiance at the time. He loved them, of course. Um, and, you know, but I was, I was actually felt super, I felt way more insecure with them. Yeah. And I would cover towards, them up. Yeah. Towards thought, the end, like I think as I grew as a, as a person um, and into myself more, and I think as we do from that age of what, 25 to 30, it's a massive growth period. Um, I did feel like they were no longer who I was as well. Um, And I got to the same point where I was probably more covering them up than anything, but I was never really someone that got them out a whole lot anyway. Um, That wasn't my objective to get them. Um, But yeah, yeah, I definitely, (laughs) I definitely felt the same. I have friends who rock a plunging necklace. Yeah, same. Yeah. Things like, and if, with giant boobs and they look phenomenal. Like I yeah. am all for women. Like if you want to wear skin tight clothing and it makes you feel sexy. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Like it's yeah. all about owning your body. Um, if you want to wear a crop top at the gym, do it. Like it. do what makes you feel best. Totally, 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 totally. But when it starts to, especially in how we're talking about it here, when it starts yeah no longer um when the exterior doesn't align with your internal dialogue and who you are and you're feeling conflicted then that's something to lean into as well well I think also with being so unwell it came down to look even if I got them out and it didn't fix how I was feeling at least that's 50 chemicals out of my body um that could be making me unwell yeah totally yeah so I had totally weighed up the what it like my health versus like you can't get back buy back your health like so that became my first priority but yeah walking out of the first consult I was definitely a mess I would say a mess I remember talking to you I was like no you're not listening to this surgeon like Um, yeah because the surgeon used the word um deformed because um, obviously when you go to get implants, they say, oh, I can make them look like this and this is like the desired outcome. Whereas when you talk about getting an explant, they don't make promises about what your breast might look like. Um, and he had used the word deformed and that just kind of, it threw me like 180. That's such an yeah. word. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, at the moment I was sitting there in the consult and I felt so unwell and I was also so anxious about the whole thing and feeling that guilt about 
putting something in my body now it's making me unwell and then you hear the word deformed and you're like oh shit like yeah, what have I done what are my yeah. tips like honestly like yeah because there's still of at that like at that point there's still body image like there's always going to be body image concerns or the way you like there's always going to be that I feel or like those emotions are going to be there, especially whether you're getting implants or getting them out or changing your body in any way. You're not you, a robot. You're going to be thinking about what you look like. Absolutely. I remember thinking so I went, that my right. look like, you know, um, like someone had let all the air out of the balloon. Yeah. Like just this. Yeah. I just, and but, and here's the thing though, you got to remember if you do go for, anyone who's listening who is looking to get their implants like an explant um i don't know what like your surgeons like a surgeon is amazing they're phenomenal at what yeah they're, they're also in sales right they, <laughs> yeah they're gonna want to put another another set in because that's money for them right yeah that's just their job. They don't, you know, like I know that I had a beautiful surgeon and he was amazing, but he did the same thing. He's like, are you sure you, mm. like I had to get mine out. Mine had ruptured there. There was a mm. blood. Mine was from start to finish in two weeks from when we first, um, it was like 18 months, nine to 18, nine months, no, 18 months. I'd started feeling pain, but it was the final nine months where this pain escalated to the point um, where I was like, Oh, I really need to do something about this. And I was getting the same thing. I was, my anxiety was increasing. I was having to get adjustments at the chiropractor every week. Um, just to keep me, cause I was constantly locking through my thoracic and that's yeah. where my, um, bra strap would go. No wonder mm-hmm. I had a kilo of shit on my chest, but, um, and I just was, I was the same thing. I was having to nap often um but i was also put it down to you know raising two boys on my own from when and then i felt lumps i could feel the lumps and i went got into my doctor the next day um and she could feel the lumps as well and she said like my one of my breasts feels very different to the other they booked me into the ultrasound that afternoon which i is just so unheard of went to the ultrasound and sure enough, um, one had ruptured and I was that I got the referral and I was in to see the surgeon within a week, I think. And then he opted, I thought I would have, um, this was in an October. I thought I would have till like January, February next year because I was moving home and I had the two boys and he was like, no, no, these need to come out like ASAP. So I had the surgery within the two weeks. Um, and it turned out, had ruptured and also flipped so I don't remember any copping a blow to the boob or anything that yeah. um, apart from raising two boys where I mean let's be honest <laughs> around left right and center but yeah it was leaking into my system it had ruptured wow. yeah so um yeah there was no way I was getting them back in I'm like no, no. way it's not even a choice I'll take I had, the lucky dip, but luckily I didn't need a lift, um, which is yeah. a question a lot of people will ask as well is like, well, do you need to get a lift? Um, I didn't because of the way that the way that they described it to me is like when you're, um, if your nipple is still above the fold, as in when your breast rests nat- naturally, if your nipple's still like, if you can still see your nipple and yeah. then tucked under, um, generally you don't need a lift. And so that was my choice. I was like, if I just leave them, just take them out, sew it up and let's be yeah. done. So, well, I had a similar, the first surgeon I went to, um, yeah, they are in sales, tried to sell me fat grafting as well and said that, okay, when we take them out, I can do some fat grafting, like move some fat from your butt or your stomach and put them in your breast and plump them back up again. Um, but I was like, no, I just, I just want them out. Like, like putting, doing something like that was the last thing on my mind. Yeah. Um, so I went straight from that surgeon. And I somehow, I don't know how I did this, got the next surgeon on the same day. So, um, so I had both surgeons, one in the morning, wow. uh, I drove to Sydney 
And then, so I left to go to Sydney in the morning and then drove from Sydney to Gosford in the afternoon and had the second consult with my surgeon, who I ended up choosing to do my explant. Um, I clicked with her and she explained it beautifully. She calmed me down. Um, but both, both of them recommended against a lift for me as well because I had, I guess I had age on my side, yeah. um, being quite young, still having elasticity in the skin. Plus I hadn't had kids or breastfed. So both of them, both surgeons were confident that my breast would bounce back to, to being okay without a lift. Yeah. And that's something like, I know that many people I've, I get quite a few people, not like every day or anything, but at least once a week, someone will reach out, um, asking about, you know, um, breast explants. And the thing is like, if you think like, I'm worrying about what they will look like after I love my breasts now. Yes. I love mine. They kind of are like, I call them like seventies disco tits. Like, you know, where, (laughs) why I got this but I just imagine like you know when you see the 70s women like women in the 70s like cruising around with no bra on and they're all like they've got like the dancing tops and the sequins and they just look really like they're small like I don't know I'm into them um they're not perfect but they went back like the skin elasticity think of like a pregnant woman's belly right that skin you can stretch your skin dramatically and it will over time like retain its shape. It will, the elasticity in it, like granted everybody is different, but it has the capacity to retain or regain its shape. Bearing in yeah. mind that you've got age breastfeeding. I breastfed two babies. So, I mean, my yeah. um, surgeon said to me, well, I said, what are they going to look like? And he's like, well, we don't really know, but they're going to look like they would have, before the surgery but having breastfed two babies and I was like oh yeah like (laughs) yeah okay I actually sent a photo to my best friends um just last week and I actually found a photo of my pre-op boobs and my post-op so I think I was like pre-op was before I got implants and my post-op was like six weeks after I got my implants um and the my boobs now look so much similar to what my pre-boobs pre-implant boobs do or did um yes my left is like the my left when I had um my periods a couple weeks ago (laughs) sorry for the overshare but not sorry um it was like almost a cup size bigger than my right but it didn't actually bother me I love I love my boobs now yeah Um, not the same like Like, yeah but I was you know that emoji like, this is totally, you know, the emoji where it's kind of got the crooked lip and the eyes are a little funny. That's <laughs> kind of what they look like. But I'm down with that. I'm honestly, I'm, I'm so down with it. And I kind of like, honestly, that's part of me. So I'm glad to hear that you are as well. Yeah. No one, very few people on the planet have perfectly symmetrical tits. Like, yes. yes. But I was just blown away at how um and I'm still in awe at my body for bouncing back and the way it just changes like it's incredible to watch it and the same thing that happens when you get implants the whole drop and fluff it oh. happens in an explant too like you act they actually fluff um back out or they fluff yeah. yeah so when you first the first day I looked at them mind you I was actually stoked with mine the first time I even looked at them after surgery um but they've definitely like dropped and fluffed out and yeah it actually happens. And so, uh, yeah, it totally does. But I, yeah, mine look like, you know, I don't know. It re- They really did look like someone had taken the wind out of my sails. But, um, and I had a lot of, ex- <laughs> I had definitely, the skin was very wrinkled at the top initially because it was so stretched. Um, and so that took a bit, but it also then, and obviously with an explant. So, okay, let's talk about that. So with yeah. like we had the removal on block. We both had a removal on block, yeah. Which yep. is where they well you've you've got you you explain it, Kirsty, because you've used the terminology like more recently than what I have. Yeah, so essentially when you get implants, your body forms a capsule around them because you've got a foreign body, foreign object in your body. So your body forms this um, capsule around it to protect you essentially. So when you um, get an explant, they have to remove that capsule as well. 
which is often the part that's maybe attached to some of your ribs um, so or has to be unstitched. So an on block is where they remove the implant and the capsule in one and a full um, capsulectomy is where they remove the capsule and the implants but they may have to come out separate so it may be too difficult for the surgeon to remove them whole together um, but ideally you want you want both to be removed the implants and the capsule absolutely yeah um, you shared photos of yours yeah <laughs> recently which is like like confronting on it is top. thinking so great but it's like your body does everything to protect you from this foreign body, which is, should be enough of us to go, huh? But yeah, it, there's a foreign body and it's trying to do its best to protect you. And then and it, it does that, but it's also your body's not, um, you know, it's got a million other things going on. So you actually had some of your, some of the chemicals, like some residue from the implant was found within the capsule um wasn't it as well did i read that on yours no so my friend who was just recently um which is really amazing that we got to reconnect as well so my friend who has just had an explant as well same surgeon um that i went that i used or chose um we connected when we were getting implants and so we got implants around the same time together and now we've reconnected through this explant process as well through the facebook group that we joined but her um yeah, unfortunately, some of the fluid from her capsules was leaking from her implants was leaking into the capsules. So she's monitoring that now. With my explant, the surgeon wasn't able to remove about two, five to 10 cent pieces of my capsule on my rib. Um, but then they do procedures to remove that, like laser it or pour a liquid on it to make sure that it's um, essentially killed the toxins. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do extra procedures or actions in if that happens as well. So the idea is to be able to remove them all completely. Some surgeons I've seen um, through women I've spoken to say that you don't need to remove the capsule, but for breast implant illness, it's recommended that that goes as well because you can just imagine your body's formed this capsule to protect you. So the toxins or all of those antibodies and things that are in there, you'd want to get them out as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you know what? I also felt like, I, I have a science background, right? And I know this stuff about your body's immune system. And when you're getting implants and things or doing anything to change your body, it's almost like that knowledge doesn't click in. Um, oh, it's not me. I like this though. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like I was, in, and then I was like, curse, like, how did you not think about this? Um, but obviously working through those emotions and that guilt and, um, you make decisions based on what you do at the time. Like, um, but yeah, and so many, I've had a couple of friends that have gone through it and they're very educated women and aware women as well. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's tricky. It's so tricky, but yeah. it's part of the story. Like this is the thing I know that they'll yeah. be talking to this who are, you know, like face palming themselves as to mm. why did I do this decision? You know, like, why did I make that decision? Why do I have to do this now? If this is something that you're there considering, that is, this is yeah. me and saying that everyone should go out and get them removed. However, if you feel like this is something that you want to explore, or this is something that you need to explore, or this is sparking your interest, then by all means, please do. Like it's, yeah. um, and- it's important. I remember talking to you actually, and you said, oh, was it in your podcast? No, I think you said it to me. And you said the first breath you took after surgery was oh, incredible. And I had a few other women say the same thing to me. And I was like, surely, like, surely not. Surely it takes like a month or so to feel any kind of difference. But from the moment I woke up and came good to it from all the anesthetic, um, <laughs> holy, like, wow. Like I've the first deep breath and yeah, I felt so different and you can't explain that. Um, and my girlfriend who we were just talking about who had her explant a couple, three weeks ago now, um, she said, I now understand what you mean when you said you can notice it, like the way you breathe. It's, it's just dramatic. incredible. It yeah. Was, 
dramatic. Um, so Huge. for me, some of the that breath was life changing, and I know that sounds yeah. dramatic, but coming from having over a kilo sitting on my chest um, and then some, right? Like it's that first yeah. breath of being able to fully use my lungs when I woke up from the anesthetic felt like I just had like it was amazing and from I just got a shiver talking about it oh it's crazy and then you're (laughs) like what did I do and this this is what's it's like these gifts that we're given of like freedom new beginning and then it it always because we're human circles back to fuck where was I thinking why did I think what I did but Again, we need that polarity and we wouldn't be having this new experience if we didn't partake in the old one. So it keeps coming back to that. And we are who we are and where we are because of every single choice that we've made. So that's important. But for me, the improvements of having them out, once I got the drains and everything, the drains, that's a whole other thing. The drains, oh. (laughs) Um, I had mine in for about seven or eight days, I think, and walking around with things in my pockets. You were a bit longer. I had one for nine days and the other for 13 days because they have, you know, as you know, they have to be draining less than 30 mils for two days before they'll take them out. Um, And one of mine dropped really low and then he, it decided to spike back up again when it looked like a removal date. So, um, but yeah, carrying those around for almost two weeks. That is shit. But grateful because they were helping my body. If I didn't have those drains, our body would have been processing and removing all that. It, itself so and everything which is is not a good time but i mean the drains don't actually hurt that no a lot of people see them because there's they, a thing coming out of your body um they didn't hurt me i mean if i pulled on it it would be a little uncomfortable um a bit queasy yeah but yeah like, they were fine but that was fine for me the massive improvements were obviously um i'm not getting any of that shooting stabbing pain um, through my nipple anymore, which was obviously the implant flipping and rubbing on nerves and whatever. Who knows what it was? Yeah. I'm only assuming. Um, posturally, I only go to the. I didn't have to go to the Cairo for a really long time. Now I just go for my own benefits for my pelvis and things like once a month, um, rather than weekly for a really long time. I feel so much better within my body. I have a much better relationship with my body in yeah, terms of definitely. how I look at it and how I see it. I love the way that um, my clothes fit now. I'm not self-conscious yes. of how I look when I enter a room. And I mean, I still have things, like I'm not walking around like double gunning every mirror going, you gorgeous thing, you. It's not that. <laughs> I'm like, just that I'm at peace with, you know, oh, so much peace. Like, just like, okay. Um, because after you have a health scare as well, I think it, you know, it just, you just don't give a shit as much as long as your body is feeling well, it's mm. wrong. You can, you know, I move with ease. Like I remember at the gym, you know, if I running, like, even though I don't really run unless someone's chasing me now, often, <laughs> Um, and not many people are chasing me, let's be honest. Um, I, I know, poor Katie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm so much more comfortable. Like, and I Mm -hmm. don't have to wear a bra if I don't want to wear a bra. The movement is incredible. Yeah. I actually forgot how much my implants limited my movement in the gym. Um, and now going back to, I've, it's been two weeks now since I've been back training, two or three weeks actually. And the things I can do now, I'm like, yep. <laughs> it's incredible. It is, isn't it? And you just don't realize yeah. because you slowly acclimatize to yeah. normal, which could be getting your implants. Um, and then you forget, you just start to deal with it and you're not, fu- you're not focusing on your limitations. And yeah. But so much good that comes from a big change. The energy has been the massive difference for me. Like being, I was going from napping for two or three hours 
in the afternoon every almost every day or planning my energy like if I knew I had a big day coming up lecturing or a full day of clients I would make sure I'd have to be in bed the night before by a certain time or I couldn't be too busy the day before because it was like I was planning my energy mm-hmm. but now if I have an afternoon nap I struggle to sleep at night because I'm so much more energized because my body's not fighting anymore oh, um that's so it's cool. not fighting for me and I'm now really good at, and like you said before, really in tune and at peace with my body. If I feel like I need a rest day or just a walk, there's no way I'm going to hammer myself at the gym and make myself go. Um, I'm much more like, yeah, I'll just go for a walk today or I'll have a rest day. You have a new respect for your body. You're so much more respect. Yeah. Just, or not more respect, but a new respect, a new perspective. That's it. Because there is only, we do have one. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got some questions given to you. Like I know that you put up a question box on Mm. your Instagram page, which by the way, what is your Instagram handle? (laughs) It is Kirsty. So K I K. Oh, I can't even spell my name now. Um, (laughs) K I R S T Y S E W A R D underscore. So my business is revived nutrition, but my Instagram is um, personal branded. So yeah, that's where you can find me, which I've done a couple of IGTVs on my whole journey through um, breast implant illness and my explant. Perfect. Um, I did get some questions. Yes. What are some of those cues that we haven't covered? Because I'm guessing we would have covered a few, but there's always going to be more. Yeah. So the one of them was the process start like to booking a consult and getting an explant, which I think we've covered. Mm-hmm. The second one was around pain and recovery. Mm-hmm. So what is it like after an explant? Um, I found, I didn't find, actually, you know what? That's not true. I found it really painful. <laughs> I was like trying to think, but I also had at the same time, I had my explant. I had a 10 centimeter tear um, in my abdominal wall from wow. a hernia um, that I had from children and everything like that. So I was double whammied um, in that. I definitely, yeah, I was knocked around and then I moved house nine days later. So I struggled with um, my recovery, but I, you know, it's, it's like, if you can give yourself the space and time to allow your Mm. body to rest and heal, I think it's definitely manageable. It's not, it definitely isn't worse. Um, Oh, you know what? Mine was worse than getting them in. I think. I don't know. I can't really remember, but I think if you get it done, Oh, sorry. I just scratched the microphone, but, um, your body needs time to rest and recover. Yeah. If you can give yourself that and follow the guidelines, it's not so bad. Like I was getting around. I found it quite, quite good. Um, but I was also, my surgeon knew I lived alone. So I actually stayed in hospital for three nights. Oh, the wow. day of surgery then two nights after so I got to be looked after a little bit but I had it was hard I found recovery hard for me because I had more energy than I'd had in years okay. um yeah but in terms of pain I think the the hardest thing or the strangest thing I'd say was feeling my the sensation in my boobs again so I actually lost um feeling in my breast when I got my implants from the nipples down so I couldn't oh. feel my tissue yeah Yeah. really weird and um so and my nipples as well were always quite sensitive so feeling those nerves re-spark again and that like ping um was definitely strange and I think um what took patience was getting used to my chest muscles contracting again like my pecs Mm. um because obviously they'd had implants wrapped I had dual plane placement which means my implants were like semi under semi over so like wrapped around my pec muscle. Um, So I couldn't do any chest training or any kind of, any kind of movement with my pec muscles. So it was really strange to feel them contract again. Wow. Yeah. See, since my explant, I've lost feeling in my (laughs) nipple and underneath. Yeah, see, I lost that when I got them. And it doesn't bother me at all. It's like, whatever, I could probably, you know, impale myself on a fence and I couldn't tell you but you know that also doesn't bother me at all but isn't it it's like everyone's experience is different but neither bad nor great yeah and I remember my first period after my explant and 
watching my boobs change because I guess when you have implants, you lose, um, you lose the concept of like, of like how much your breasts actually change during your cycle. And, um, they got so sensitive during my period and they just changed so much. And it was, I was actually fascinated to watch it though. Um, giving my girlfriends daily updates, Um, but, (laughs) but, um, yeah, it was, I feel much closer and in tune with my body definitely. And just noticing those things now, but respecting those things as well. Yeah. Like, What's all the messages, yeah. all signals? There's so much wisdom within our body. Yeah. Um, oh, definitely. Like I know I my pre period, like my PMS boobs are fabulous. <laughs> like, they're super perky and super full. And even though I'm bitchy as and ready to rip someone a new one, my boobs are delightful, but they're sore, you know, when that week period. Yeah. But again, fascinating. But basically, yes, let's sum up the, um, the pain side bearable, but you've just got to be bearable and listen to your doctors. Yeah. And be mindful that the, you get post-surgery fatigue. So your body is still recovering as well. Like, so this was hard for me too, because I felt like I had more energy, but then my body still needed to heal. Um, so I did get a bit tired the days after my surgery or the week or so after, but probably because I was trying to do too much and not, um, not, it doesn't sound like you. Yeah, <laughs> not at all. Um, but I did actually rest. I watched a couple of Netflix series in whole. So I did do Whoa. some resting. <laughs> Love a good binge. <laughs> yes. Um, post-surgery tips. Oh, that was another question that I would be, um, Rest, rest yeah. in water, rest in water, rest in water and comfy. I didn't stay in the post-op bra very long. I went and bought no, yeah. um, bamboo like little bralettes. So I'm still yet to wear anything with underwire. Um, I don't own an underwire bra, um, but I'm an A cup. So um, again, I don't have to wear a bra except they look like those little ski ramp alpine boobs. Um, yeah, but it would be invest in some nice, comfy bamboo underwear and rest. I would say the same thing. I've, I wore a post-op bra for, I'd say about a week. And then I was, well, actually, no, I, I, I bought those bamboo little crops from, um, cotton on for like $10 each yep. and I still live in those and I'm yet to wear an underwire bra as well. Um, but my incisions are also still healing a little bit too, um, yeah. but a button up pajama top is what I would say because my best friend bought me one and I used it post-surgery and it was a lifesaver not having to go over my head, especially with the drains and stuff. Yeah, such a hazard. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, and a lot of people out with those. A final question, and this, is, this came up a couple of times, was did, did we get boob depression? So, like, when you get in, this was explained, when you get implants, there's a bit of that post-op depression around I've changed my body. I don't know if I like them. Did that same thing occur after an explant? I didn't get it afterwards. I definitely have had moments though. Um, I was relieved and so much happier to be back to me. I felt like yeah. I was finally back to myself, but I didn't have a relationship with these giant boobs where I loved them. I was I felt so much finer and daintier and more feminine without them. Yeah. Um, so I had that, but I definitely have struggled because I didn't, when I had my breasts implanted, the implants, they went under my armpit, right? So they cut through oh, my wow. armpit and yeah, like that's a natural way to go. But yeah, I was really particular about not wanting scars on my chest. So they went through under my armpit and slid them in that way. But then to get them out, I now have these big 10 centimeter plus one of them's even a bit more because of the rupture um, where I didn't, I had perfect skin before. And so I was really struggled with looking at that for a while um, as in, yeah. you know, added that to the story that I'd roll with as in, you know, being single, having,
we've covered a lot of it. We, I, I think, think we've covered it. It's really important. We wanted to touch on that because that is, you know, like examine your why as to why you're going to do something, but also, you know, like you're human. That's the thing. Yeah. Our brains are designed to, you know, um, gather information constantly, but we've just got to be sure that we're, you know, choosing the thoughts that are supporting ourselves in the way that we want to live our life. I think that's definitely, pretty, yeah, it's beautiful. Thanks, Kirst. Uh, thank you for having me. And thank you for, I loved having this chat with you because you have been one of my main supporters throughout the whole thing, the whole journey. Um, and yeah, I, well, guys, I wasn't lying when I said I was chatting to Katie when I was laying in the hospital bed. <laughs> we really were. <laughs> I know. I remember seeing you like, was it the week before? And you're like, I think I'm going like, to uh, walking because we always walk a very similar path. And you were like, I think I'm going to cancel it. And I think I'm going to put it off. And I was like, get it done. Just get it done. You And you're like, oh, but yeah. and if you're having the normal doubts, I'm like, just trust me. You are going yeah. to be like a brand and, new person. And I did put it off because I had it actually, this is honesty here too. I had it scheduled for the 11th of December and it was coming up to my 30th um, in the end of December and I was finishing up work for the year and obviously with Christmas and stuff coming up and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to recover. I'll just push it back. And I actually pushed it back to the 8th of January. Um, so I did cancel it. That shows you. <laughs> Pardon? I said you wanted a hot girl summer. Like, no, but like that shows you how nervous I still was. Like even though I was adamant they were coming out, I was still nervous about doing it. Um had I known how quickly I'd recover and how great I'd felt, um, I would have done it in December a month earlier. But again, it, it's it's done now, and I've learned I've learned from it, and I'm I'm grateful for the experience because it taught me to reconnect with my body on a whole new level, and it now also helps me support my clients too, helping them heal their relationship with food and, and their body. And that's what you do. You're all about yeah. freedom and you've just given yourself a whole nother level of like mm -hmm. body autonomy and freedom. Um, and that's to be applauded. So you've been so beautifully and brave in sharing your story because as a single woman, like it, it, it is, you know, you're putting yourself out there. And I definitely thought at one point, one of the first things was who's going to want me now. Yeah. One of the yeah first when I found out it's ruptured and they had to be removed even though I was a hundred percent on board with getting them removed I yep. still that thought who's going to want me now was prevalent and toxic and gnarly um but I want me now and so that's the most yeah. and yeah. I'm here to be a like I choose me and if I hadn't have chosen to get them out who knows what state I would be in by now as with you, yeah. like have you, you've had your, I know that cause I saw as well Oh yeah. Um, that you had your bloods done prior and also recently, have you any of your markers in terms of like your thyroid and all of that moved or it's too early to tell? It's still, so I did get my results back and my thyroid um, antibodies haven't shifted, but it's very early days. And normally when I'm working with clients as well, it takes quite a while to show us, show a shift in bloods. Mm -hmm. So I, and I, I'll be raw and say I was a bit disheartened and that did knock me back a little bit. Yeah. Um, but then I just said, no curse, like listen to your body, your body, no, it's doing what it can. And they say it takes about a month for every year your implants were in to fully detox. And that's just an estimate. So I've got probably five to six months of detoxing yeah. to go. Um, so I'm working with my naturopath still and obviously listening to my body and resting and fueling it with quality nutrition. Well, that's um, it. it's like, this is an ongoing thing and you can't yeah. do something that was in your body for five years in eight weeks. No, no. But it, and also it, um, I've said this to many, uh, like even to my clients and to my, my family and my close girlfriends, it, I can't even describe the amount of respect I have for my body. And it saddens me, but I'm also grateful that, I had this journey because it's taught me so much about myself and my body. And yeah, it's like you said, it's not to be fucked with anymore. Mm -hmm. Like totally. Yeah. Totally. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Oh, no, you inspire me. Oh, <laughs> you really you. do. Like 
It's like you're prettier. No, you're prettier. <laughs> All your drunk friends around a table. It's like you're beautiful. You're beautiful. Oh, yeah. Well, Kirst, can you share your Instagram handle one more time? <laughs> so it's Kirsty Seawood underscore is my <laughs> Instagram handle. Um, and yeah, anyone who has any questions about Explant, we're both really open about it. Um, I've spoken to many, many women who have reached out to me. So please feel free to send a message or reach out. Absolutely. Thanks again, Kirst. Thank you for having me.